welcome back. It's the new year. Happy new year to you all. Um, it's been an explosive Christmas when it comes to soaps and we are going to have an explosive new year too, I think. Um, joining me today is Victoria Wilson, who's been talking to us about Holby. Hi there. Hiya. And <laughs> happy, Claire, new happy new year. Gosh, here we are. Um, and also Claire Ruck, who'll be talking to us about all the other soaps because Great News Casualty is back. Hi, Claire. Hi, Hannah. Okay, so let's start with Holby, um, which is your specialist area, uh, Victoria. Um, it's it, it's obviously New Year's Eve on Holby. Tell me, wh- what's going on? What's happening? Right, okay, so yes, it's New Year's Eve and the Holby staffers are saying goodbye and good riddance, quite literally, to to, to 2020. They're, they're in Albies, they have a, a banner that actually says good riddance. It's quite funny, yeah, that's how this <laughs> episode opens. Um, so lots going on with all of our favourites on the various wards. Um, so starting with uh, Sasha and Jodie and Becca, I guess. Um, so just to recap, Sasha shocked everyone by proposing to his new love, Jodie, played by Sean. Reese Williams um, so soon after the death of his beloved Essie but he's oblivious to Jodie's sinister side and the fact that viewers have seen uh, recently she's been secretly poisoning his daughter Becca basically Jodie doesn't want Sasha's attention being diverted away from her so it seems she'll do anything to ensure that doesn't happen um, so anyway Becca's um, been having a few drinks in Albies with Jodie to see the new year in um, and Becca, when Becca's sort of suddenly taken ill with stomach pain um, Jodie interrupts Sasha in theatre to tell him the news and he's hardly sympathetic and puts sort of Becca's situation down to having a few too many on New Year's Eve. Um, Becca needs urgent surgery though um, and, and Sasha, but, but Sasha still sort of fails to rush to her, her aid. Um, as they talk though on the ward, he kind of makes it clear that he didn't rush to her because he felt she wasn't really there for him after he'd lost Essie. So there's... There's quite a lot going on there emotionally for father and daughter. Um, it's not later really a reason I... not to go to uh, help help her, really, is it? <laughs> not really, but he's just, you know, grief manifests itself in different ways and he's just acting out, really, I think, is all. Um, so... Uh, later in a heart to heart um becca tells her dad that he's actually the one who's kind of cut himself off from everyone including her because he can't face life without essie i mean that's plainly obvious um sasha sort of claims you know i'm trying to move on and and becca knows by that he means with jody um however becca sort of reckons that he does need proper time to grieve for essie and kind of drops the bombshell that she thinks her dad should end his relationship with Jodie. Um, I guess, will he listen and, and what will he decide? That That's that's sort of all to come. I mean, I think the thing is with that, there's it always going to be a problem, wasn't there, here? Because this was a relationship that um, was just far too quick, really. Um, but then at the mm. same time, you know, during grief, like you said, it manifests itself in different ways. And, mm. and sometimes it was, there's sort of a pillar of strength there that it can help people through that grief. But perhaps yeah. it really was all too soon. Yeah. Uh, and talking of relationships, are Keen and Jack heading into uh, 2021 as strong as ever? Well... Um, Jack and Kiana proving quite the dream team working the New Year's Eve night shift on Darwin. 
Um, turns out they've been in each other's pockets all Christmas, so Jack sort of understands if it's getting a bit too much for him. Um, but Kian actually thinks it's quite romantic them doing a double shift together on New Year's Eve. Aww. <laughs> um, so what's not so good, um, however, is that Kian, as we know, is is back dabbling in in drugs and he's thrown when he discovers he's nearly running out of pills um so on the ward it's it's quite a patient focused um story for them this week um patient janice a woman with a history of angina is admitted in considerable pain and her anxious son jonah wants to know what's wrong with her um janice's test results come back clear so so jack and kian wonder if she's taking her angina meds properly uh, properly um However, late, later the case takes a very sinister turn when Jack and Kian actually catch Jonah stealing painkillers from the drugs trolley. Um, Kian gives chase and Jonah admits he's been swapping out his mum's medication for paracetamol because he's been needing to take them himself. He, he's, he's struggling, um, trying to keep working through the pandemic, basically, so, so he needs them to keep going. Um, Kian urges Jonah to hand the pills over and, and says he'll say no more. Um, but it seems Kian might have an ulterior motive. You see... As he's been able to, you know, he's running low on pills. He's been able to get, been unable to get hold of his own dealer, Sarah Jane. So he takes the pills off Jonah and keeps them for himself. Um, mm. you, you, the story's so, going to run and run, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. You sort of feel yourself sort of willing him. No, Keon, no, Keon, don't do it. But he, he, you know, when you're in the grip of addiction, you can't help yourself. Um, it looks like Keon's secret hid is hidden for now um, but it seems like it's only a matter of time before his addiction is exposed let's just say new, um, some certain news has reached um, acting CEO Max McGarry and she's not happy oh dear okay and you've also got an honorary mention I think today haven't you um, well yeah we need to <laughs> we need to give a nod to Donna um She's had a tough year too, and um, there, there's a quite a sweet storyline where um, mental health nurse Lucky, the the new mental health nurse at Holby, comes up with a new initiative to get all the staff to open up. Um, she puts a bucket on the ward and wants staff like Donna to write on a post-it note something they've lost in 2020. Um, Donna's just not interested in Lucky's new scheme and, and makes it clear she she just doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to talk about anything. Um, but we all know she lost something quite major in 2020, and that was Xavier. Um, will will this sort of in, be just the encouragement Donna needs, maybe to finally start grieving for him? Hmm. So no signs of quietening down in no. Holby, is there really? No, not at all. <laughs> We're shaping up for 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 a very big 2021. That's for sure. Excellent, excellent. Let's hope it's big for everyone. So thank, thanks so much, Victoria. Thank Moving you. to you, um, Claire. I mean, casualty. Uh, there's been such a sort of long period of time without it, and it seems only fitting now that it's back to talk about it with you here and now. Um, because I just, it, it's such, I mean, how are they going to bridge that gap? Are they going to pick up, you know, pick up where they left off? Are they going to, you know, tell me. 
So, so Hannah, this is this is an this this is an amazing episode. I, 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 it's it's bold and it's emotional. Um, we did have that one episode in the middle of the autumn where where they they had that um, had the lockdown because they had a, they had a chemical chemical spill. Um, uh, but we haven't seen it uh, for mo- most most of the autumn. So this episode is not easy viewing. And um, I'll be honest with you, I did cry. Really? So then I definitely see, will. Yes. <laughs> yes. We see the ED, the emergency department, at the heart of the pandemic. Um, and um, the episode begins just before the UK went into lockdown. There's a, there's a bit where um, they're talking about the the Italian hospitals and they were... they were Will stand there saying, I'm really shocked, I think... Um, that you know these are you know the italian hospitals were being overrun and he was saying this is this is shocking you know these these are well run hospitals and we know now in hindsight that that was coming our way um but you know so and then the whole of the episode goes for the next 90 days so it ends after 90 days into lockdown so it does the really dark days the the march the april the may okay um, it sounds a little bit. It, is, it sounds a little bit political, is it? No, it's not political. It's it's just showing what happened in the emergency departments all over Actually, the country. Actually, that is going to be incredibly emotional for so many people because I think there's particularly sort of this. I say second time round. I mean, it's not second, is it? It's been all year, but like no. in terms of everyone's touched by this in some way um and they know somebody or of someone it's getting closer and closer to home isn't it and so i think that and i also think people even if they haven't had a a loss we just feel that i mean the liberty has been taken away um just life as we knew it has changed so much and i just think seeing this will really really bring it home Yes, it really, really does, Hannah. And so the, going into the ED department, you know, there was they talk about a lack of PPE in there. Um, we see staff members getting ill. Jacob actually gets the virus. Um, we, see, we see Connie upset, tired, struggling to cope. We see Charlie looking shocked. Um, and actually, one member does actually succumb to the virus. Um, and... Um, I, I'm not going to say who it is uh, because that would be that 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 would be uh, spoiling spoiling the the um, the the end of that episode and um, it's essential viewing. I have not seen such. I'm going to use the bold word again. I have not seen such a bold casualty episode ever, and I think I think this is their finest episode. It sounds absolutely phenomenal, actually, and I think that what a way to come back, you know, after all this time—an absolute bang. And I and yeah. I, I kind of hope it goes some way. I mean, I know it's a drama. I know it's not real, but they will have done as always with Casualty. Um, and you remind me very often they do their homework so well to be sure that they know exactly that they're that they're representing everything correctly. And I just hope that anyone sort of a non-believer, if you like, and let's be honest, there are many, um, has a look at this and just see some of those frontline people that have been working in the situation. And it goes, it runs beyond you know, hospitals, it goes into schools and care homes and all the rest of it. But it really brings home what they're doing um, on behalf of us all if we we were to be unlucky enough to end up in that situation. I think it's really incredibly touching. And I think, they've you know, it sounds like to me they've done an amazing job. 
Yes. I would like to just say one word of caution, um, Hannah. I, I, I know you have two little ones. It goes out at 735 on Jan 2. Um, I think my, myself, normally casualty goes out closer to mm. 9 o'clock. I, I, I found this, this casualty episode upsetting and I spoke to somebody else on my team who has seen it and they found it harrowing. So, so if you have, a, if you have a, a, a child that is a big casualty fan, perhaps as a parent you might wish to view it first and then make a decision as to whether you think it's suitable viewing for them. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, those sort of programmes are ones that I, you know, avoid for, for children and I just think trying... I mean, it's not... It's not kind of sugarcoating the situation. They kind of have to be aware of things. But I think the fear factor doesn't help, does it? And I think those things probably no. could, whereas an adult, like you say, is mature enough to be able to deal with it. Even And even you say, you know, colleagues have felt that the episode was harrowing. You were desperately upset by it. So, yeah, definitely good to, to come with a warning, that one. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to Coronation Street? Because, um, I mean, obviously, we, we're we really aware each week, aren't we, that we talk about things and we can't really spoil you as listeners your enjoyment of the show and kind of you know break um embargoes particularly but also kind of you know the fact that you the surprise i suppose the surprise element um but this week we're going to talk about coronation's 60th birthday shock aren't we and i'm going to hand right over to you So, yes, so I really wanted to say, you know, when we chatted about how great this episode was, I wanted to say, Jeff dies (laughs) and Yasmin is freed, but I couldn't. And, um, you know, so, so, so we, I felt we missed a trick here because that was a fantastic episode. Um, You know, Yasmin was, 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 was set free and, um, you know, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff fell off the roof of the house to his death uh, because we had talked about how he had been um, putting lighter fluid into number number six and actually it wasn't Alia it was Yasmin that that he was menacing in that house and she trying to escape the flames climbed up onto the roof and he followed her and uh, and then Alia came tried to come to her rescue she was also up on the roof but um uh Jeff Jeff fell and uh, they couldn't save him and he fell to his death Never in the more garden fitting, and it was uh, example of karma i'd say <laughs> <laughs> yes but you know what so so there was a couple of things i felt that were really really interesting about that episode when yasmin came back into number number 6 because we had seen abby with the digger take out a substation so the whole of the street was in darkness so she's in this dark house on her own and she walks back in and it's this i thought this was a really powerful bit she stands in the middle of her home that she shared with jeff and all these um, they played over the top of her all of these um, all the times he berated her and abused her so she's standing in this house with all these memories washing over her and I found that very very powerful it's incredible I mean the storyline's gone on for quite a while and it's like finally it, you know he's been served yes. his justice um, and yeah. it's sometimes someone someone dying does feel a bit more <laughs> like justice in a soap doesn't it because when they go to prison they usually yeah. escape <laughs> and if they don't escape yeah. they usually let out <laughs> um, so at least we know that she is genuinely free of it or is it I mean we had to be fair we have had people come back um but you know she does yeah. on the surface seem completely free of him doesn't she 
Yes, she does. And um, I, I, what the really nice touch was, I couldn't work out why she went out to see her chickens and then she failed to close the to, to close the um, the door properly, so the chickens got out. But actually, so when Jeff fell into the garden at the end, you see the chickens pecking round him, and I thought, yeah, that's payback yeah. for all the mean things you've oh done. Oh my gosh, to those remember chickens. that chicken? Oh my gosh, yeah, no, totally. That yeah. is uh, that's really clever. St- story writing isn't it that just to yeah. remember that you know yeah we get the final peck and <laughs> not the final say the final peck <laughs> yeah. um brilliant okay so on the other side of the street so to speak we've we've got leanne um who's obviously clearly and absolutely would be still in deep grief i don't know how you would ever get over something like that anyway uh you know long term let alone this soon um but she's just not coping is she and she has to she has to go to the doctors yes so um so the whole of the street think that she went to france for christmas so she's been hiding out alone in the flat um and uh she's she's not coping at all she's the flat's a mess obviously she hasn't been doing you know the washing up the tidying there's you know dirty cups and stuff all over the place um and in in the end she phones she phones the gp surgery but she won't um she won't go in there and Dr Gaddis becomes you know obviously knows her history becomes a bit concerned and pops around and um so the doctor looks around the state of the flat and realizes that Leanne's really not coping and uh, so she prescribes her some sleeping pills um and later you know her stepson Simon he pops he pops around to the flat to check on it because he's thought that it is empty and obviously you know you 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 know if someone's away you often pop in just to make sure there's not a burst water main or something um and he pops in and he discovers Leanne slumped on the couch and uh, he does he does the he does the right thing and he calls for an ambulance mm-hmm. and and the thing is Simon's been through a rough old time hasn't he without this I mean she was the one sort yeah. of mainstay really wasn't she for a very long time in his life and yes. um so she she did accidentally take one pill too many in it but I don't think um if she's to be believed that it was um because she wanted to do anything sinister it was just an accidental no. kind of overdose if you like um but he's still quite concerned and he wants to sort of keep yeah. checking on her doesn't he um and then yeah. We go, we've lost one nasty one. We've got another one still going, haven't we, in Ray? Um, yeah. He starts pinning notices, uh, eviction notices, to the doors, doesn't he, of, of the street? Yes, I mean, surely this isn't the end of the street. I mean, someone's got to step in here. Well, you know, this we, we, I thought, you know, this one would be tied up by now, but it's got a, it's it's still it's still got some steam in it this storyline and it's great because um so so yes, the residents have 2 weeks to to clear to clear out. And in fact, um the Platts, the poor Platts, um he's he's changed the locks because they were the first people as you is is if you remember, to sell their house to Ray because they mm. had the um, the sinkhole in their front garden. So where where's, where is poor Shona and David, the two kids, and Gail going to go? You know, they did offer him, um, they did offer the Platts, you know, a, a, a house in one of his other developments, but he's rescinded that and said, no, that's off. Um, so it looks like they're going to have to go to Shona's old council estate, which is putting Gail in a bit of a, Tis. Something's going to step in here. There's going to be a curveball. I can see it coming. It's <laughs> going to be a 2021 curveball. Not that we need any more. Um, okay, um, so moving on to Emmerdale. Um, 
romance seems to be catching i do like a bit of romance in january in the most dull month dullest month of the year in my opinion um rona and marlon um have bonded haven't they Yes, yes. So, um, you know, Rona and Marlon were a couple back in back in 2010, um, and that's when um, Rona really broke Marlon's heart because she 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 fell in love with Paddy, who is Marlon's best friend. So, um, and uh, we had that who's the baby, who's the father of yeah, baby of Leo. Did, yeah. um, <laughs> Storyline, um, but actually, you know, so so they have been bonding. You know, they've. As, uh, they've been co-parenting really well. That's one of the things about about their relationship is they're brilliant, brilliant at co-parenting their son, and um, they've become quite close. They're really, really good friends. But um, they seem to be moving out of the X zone and perhaps more into the mm. romance zone. Let's Hannah. hope. Um, <laughs> so you know, Marlon, you, you know, he hasn't had anyone recently, and Rona's had a, had has been a very checkered romantic past since she left Marlon. And, um, you know, true soap style, neither one's mentioned how they feel about the they other. It's but so they do. <laughs> I know. Why would you just say, hey, do you want to go out for Lack dinner? Lack of but communication no, in, these, uh, in these soaps is quite staggering. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon opens his heart up to Paddy, and Paddy went, no, I don't think she means that at all. Um, but actually, I think she does. So, um, where does this leave the ill-fated pair? Will 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 they get back together? Mm, I hope so. Like a bit of happy romance for 2021. Thank you very much. Um, I don't suppose we'll be getting that in EastEnders, <laughs> will we? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, pray tell. So, so I also wanted to talk again because this one was shocking, and the and EastEnders really kept this under wraps. Um, but um, mid December, um, we had a real shock in EastEnders when Sharon married Ian on his deathbed. Well, he wasn't quite his deathbed; they thought it was his deathbed, and he he proposed to, to Sharon, and they had a a, a wedding. A wedding. I mean, it's in totally hospital. absurd, isn't it? I mean, this is like this is the curveball of all curveballs. I mean, it was just nutty. Yes. It is. I was quite shocked at that because they, they EastEnders did a brilliant job at hiding it, and we came across it in in a couple in, in another episode. And I went, when did that happen? And um, so yeah, they kept that really quiet. So that I hope I hope as fans, you guys went what? Um, and um, yeah, so as we remember, you know, Ian had been attacked. He was in hospital, and um, they diagnosed a bleed on the brain, and he needed immediate surgery. And um, so you know, Sharon's always friend zoned poor you know poor Ian but Ian's always been in love with Sharon but Ian's not her type I mean if you look at her history I mean he couldn't be further from being her type could he and 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 so I can't help but feel that I mean maybe she just thought he was going to die and he was she was giving him what he wanted at the last minute I don't know I mean it just seems like this is not a happily ever after here it just can't be no, no. She did admit to his mum that she doesn't love him. Um, you know, and it's so, so, you know, but he does seem to get, he does seem to get, you know, the attractive woman. I suppose it's like if you don't ask, you don't get. Think, yeah, it beggars um, belief, really. I mean, he's got, he's got a quite yeah. a list. Is this his sixth wife? It's his sixth marriage, yes. <laughs> so he's had five women. He's married five women. Cindy Williams, we remember lovely Cindy, to begin with Mel Healy. Another she, beauty. You know, that was paid... She was Laura Dunn, um, twice to and Jane. Laura, yeah, of course, um, Jane. 
twice. Well, you need to say, they're a bit like um, Elizabeth Taylor, aren't they? They always marry someone really twice. He's really punching, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all of them. And, and now, you know, he is like Henry VIII, and now he's married his sixth wife, Sharon. <laughs> oh, gosh. Quite unbelievable. So I guess we have to find out um, what the future holds, and only time will tell on them. Um, but there's more drama, do not fear, um, because the Slater household is kind of up in, well, in chaos, isn't it, again? Yeah, yeah, it is in chaos. Stacey's worried about where Cush is, and we all know that Cush, Cush has been in trouble with the police because of that... Um, because of because of that classic car heist he did with Cat and Phil, um, and um, you know she's unable to contact him, and um, you know he has he does have Arthur with him, you know they they co-parent Arthur together, and when Arthur finally um, answers Cushy's phone, he mentions that he and Cush are going away on a plane. She's like, what? This wasn't this this isn't we haven't agreed to this. What's going on? Um, so yeah, is he is, is, is kidnapping him? Well, he's running away from the police, and I think he wants to go abroad. So, yes, is is he going to take his son abroad without her permission? So I, that is technically it kidnapping is, because yeah, you, need, you need both yeah. parents' um, agreement for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so, and then Kush. You know, Kush is Kush is a nice guy. He's always been a nice guy. This is a different side we've seen to him. You know, he used to he runs a market mm. stall. You know. Um, and uh, he threatens Stacey that if she calls the police, she will never see her son again. What will she do? Thing is, Kush is just not. This is not sitting well with his character, is it? I mean, this is just. It's almost. It's just gone so wrong for him, and he's. He's kind of like a down a dead end road and doesn't know where to go. Yeah. Yes. Completely. Mm, yeah. I think there'll be remorse. Yeah. He, I think it'll all get sorted because I think Kush. Well, Kush is leaving, isn't it? So, yeah. But um, I think it, rather, well, then maybe in that case, thinking about it, you're right. I, th- and I, I sort of feel like it'll be left on a good note. But perhaps that's exactly right. He'll just be arrested and taken away, and that's the end of you know that character. Yeah. I guess. It, well, not indefinitely because might decide to come back. Leaves leaves it open, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Finally, um, Hollyoaks. Uh, which is absolutely and has been uh, a brilliant year, 2020 for Hollyoaks, and I'm sure will continue to be in 2021. Um, will Silas triumph, or will Mercedes? <laughs> well, they finally come. To, they're going to finally come to face to face, aren't they? You know what's going to happen? Yes, they are. I know. We we we, we love Silas. I, I, he's a brilliant, brilliant character and serial killer. With and, the name um, and, as well. You know, <laughs> no. And he brought in that horrible doll. Oh. That was a great. It was a great piece of um, writing. I think that that, that horrid, horrid doll. Um, and at the beginning, at the beginning of the week, you know, you know, the McQueen still aren't quite sure. But but Mercedes, Mercy, she's convinced that Silas is their tormentor, um, and and she thinks that he's getting help from within the family. Now, of course, we the fans know um because we found out just before christmas um that it is Teresa that is helping him so um uh she she just you know it's just the way things are playing out she's thinking somebody must be helping him and she has a plan to trap Teresa who has who has as we know been helping Silas will she catch will she catch her mm. um and with her son Bobby, who is also Silas's great grandson, coming home, has Silas got the upper hand when Mercy calls her son's phone and Silas answers? Oh my gosh! Demanding she meet him in the folly. So is this, is this episode completely all around this? It's going to be quite quite intense, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. But there are other things going on uh, aside. Uh, okay. Within, within okay. The same. Yeah. But I thought I thought this was the most interesting thing, you know, because this is what we have been waiting yeah. for: the Silas Mercedes yeah, meeting, the, fi- the final, you know, face to face standoff. Yeah. Oh gosh, what's going to happen? There's too much going on. It's 2021. We've hit the ground running, haven't we? When it comes to soaps. Yes. Mind you, there's not a lot else yes. we'll all be doing all there this month. Don't don't. No. I'm not doing dry January. That is just too much to bear, Claire. That's just too much to bear. Um, anyway, thank you ever so much for listening. Happy New Year! Um, as I say, we've hit the ground running, and we look forward to speaking to you next week.